0: This is Lady Tiffany Ma, and this is My Mind's Emporium. I'm coming on here aggressive today. All right, my fire sign rising is not, is not with you people. Heard y'all over here asking some medical questions for people to get a job and shit. Y'all should have been asking those damn trifling ass medical questions anyway, with you dirty ass fuckers around here who don't like washing your hands. Anyway, y'all should have been washing your hands, period, poop. Anyway, I hope y'all are having a lovely day since everybody want to now bring back the damn COVID mandates I mean the Steven mandates that y'all just got rid of just so y'all can have a hot boy and hot girl summer because y'all don't want the economy to to nosedive Just in case y'all want to know. Today's topic is going to be about the Tercecana Phantom Killer. I told y'all that yesterday. You know, there is a, um, that was part of my Urban Legends. It was called the Hookman, but the Hookman is based off the Tercikana, uh Phantom Killings. So, that will be today's topic for today. But first, let's over here, let's adri- address what's going on right now in the weird world okay in the world world. okay yesterday i failed to tell y'all this because i was trying to find this and i didn't know where it was at and it looked like it was missing for a minute understand it was thundering and lightning yesterday it was storming or whatever i got this from v 103 atlanta and it says uh city of atlanta shut down all public pools meanwhile y'all trying to do public school opening This is from midday with Ramona DeBro, and it says the City of Atlanta has announced that all public pools are closed until further notice. It was said in the statement that the pools closed down due to an operational assessment. The City of Atlanta outdoor pools include the ones at Adam Park, Anderson Park, Kendall Park, Grant Park, J.A. White Park, Maddox Park, Pittman Park, Powell at Mosley Park, and Reverend, Jay- Reverend James Orange Park, Rosa L. Bernie Park south bend park and thomasville park so you uh normally go to these public pools you are not allowed to cool off in these pools even though it's hot as hell outside um in other words y'all figure out what to do with the water holes in your garden and uh buy a little walmart pool okay and put some ice in that walmart pool because it's hot as hell okay i went outside yesterday we went to the store. I don't know what the hell was happening. Okay, I still don't remember if I got in the car or anything. It was hot as hell. So, um, yeah, and also be mindful of those who don't have things to cool off with. No air conditioning, no fans, stuff like that. Be mindful of people like that. Um, so they're shutting down the pool. They ain't saying reason why they said for an operational assessment. But the truth of the matter is we all know that the Steven has gotten worse. The Steven is Steven, okay? This next um story has came from it's come from it's on site.com. Its contributor is Shady Porter and it says man is stoned to death after he shot four people at the Texas party. They don't play that shit in Texas. <laughs> you going to sit up here and shoot up a damn party? We going to stone your ass. <laughs> <laughs> You can't come in everybody party and shooting, okay? You know, you got some nice, sweet Christian people who believe and turn the other cheek. And then you got some people who are about their life, okay? And this guy got it. says so a gunman who shot four people at a Texas party, killing one, was stoned to death by angry bystanders as he tried to flee the scene. The chaos unfolded at 1 a.m. Monday in Fort Worth after there was an altercation and a man left angry but returned with a gun. He then shot someone in the backyard. As he was trying to leave, witnesses grabbed bricks laying, laying nearby and started throwing them at him. According to the Fort Worth stage star according to the Fourth Word star telegram, he then shot three more people as he was trying to escape and being pelted by the brick. One of those people who died at the scene, as well as the gunman from his injuries. The other people who he shot were listed in critical condition and non-life and threatening conditions police have not identified the assailant like i said you cannot go into everybody's party and think you can shoot because you have in a moment y'all better figure out how to go to a therapist talk to god talk to somebody do a voice recording i do a voice recording because i try to keep myself from popping off because i know low-key i'm not about that life i can fight if i need to but i don't really prefer not to fight and choose violence um but you can't just go inside everybody's party and start shooting. They got some braces. It was like, look, we don't know who you thought you were. But what you ain't going to do is come in here and shooting everybody. So he got what he can. You know, an eye for an eye in this situation, honey. Even though, you know, he was shooting and they were throwing bricks. But they did what they had to do to protect theirs. Next story is from Baller Alert. It says scammers have stolen more than $87 billion in unemployment funds during the pandemic. Let me tell you something. I need those uh, unemployment funds. (laughs) I needed that. I needed that unemployment fund. But I didn't really deal with it because some of y'all out here lying about that. And y'all over here taking out PPP loans and going on vacation with them. And so I'm scared to file for anything any form of government assistance because y'all over here playing with the government, like the government ain't going to put your ass in jail. All right. This was blogged by the cabbage patch girl and it says COVID-19. I'm sorry. We don't call it that. It's the Stephen. Steven has been a blessing to the corrupt. According to the ProPublica research, reco- a record number of fraud frosters have profiled, have profited from pandemic lockdowns by filing false unemployment claims. Publica examined hundreds of society security records and discovered that some people may have claimed and received payouts in various locations. With one scammer filing as many as 40 states, 29 states paid $222,532 in payments to the same individual. The majority of the scammers was highly coordinated according to the researchers with the gangs interacting with gangs, interacting via telegram from both inside and outside the United States, particularly from China and West Africa. How many y'all have gotten that uh, Nigerian Prince uh, email? Bots were employed to file claims in bulk in the most coordinated schemes. The fraud's most targeted state was out of, date unemployment systems such as vermont where 90 percent of all claims are suspected of being fake y'all the government is gonna get their money back regardless okay all right so i woke up to this this morning um and by the way just to tell you just to let you guys know the lady that was kicked in the head was kicked in the head by a black officer. Just saying FYI. Because I don't want y'all to think that I'm always about the race issue or I'm always talking about racism or whatever. It is still an issue in this country, but this officer is black. Um, I found this on v103.com and it says officers are relieved of their duties at the viral video of a handcuffed woman being kicked in the head surfaces. This big old giant gorilla ass negro kicked this woman in the head. This negro is huge, all right? All he has to do is really thump her in the face. He's huge. He's like seven feet. But, yo, big old size 18 feet, kick this woman in the head. You can go to V103 um, Atlanta Instagram to see the video of this big, gigantic old oh, animalistic ass piece of shit kicking this girl in the head next story this is from the shade room and it was, um, this article was written by Brianna D and it says, um, Simone Biles withdraw from the final Tokyo Olympic team competition due to a medical issue. While Simone Biles has been dominating every gymnastic mat, she said foot on and she will not be competing in the last competition with the U S at the Tokyo Olympics. According to ESPN, Simone returned to the floor with her legs wrapped, the, wrapped, After landing her vault and has withdrawn from the final team competition. A Team USA coach mentioned Simone is going through something mentally. Team USA gymnast released an official statement on Twitter. Simone Biles has withdrawn from the final team competition due to a medical issue. She will be assessed daily. Um, So, you know, you know, she just needs to rest. You know, she's doing her best and she's doing her hardest um but y'all know like the first few days of the olympics the u.s did not medal you know the u.s always medal but maybe if y'all weren't trying to be shady with the protocols y'all got going on because i think this olympics is curse okay this olympics is curse and the u.s ain't gonna get no medals because i mean well we probably gonna get medals but we ain't gonna get medals like we used to but we didn't medal the first day most of the time we usually medal the first day so this this Olympic is cursed and I think they should have just waited to do this Olympic, like push it to the fall or push it to August, the end of August or like beginning of September, um, because it, it's just not doing what it's supposed to do right now. OK. Um, In this news, this is to all the uh party girls of the 21st century. I found this on Dame Who Dish's Instagram, but it's coming from page six. If you a party girl, it might be time to chill the hell out. <laughs> We're about to go a lockdown anyway. So find you a man and find you someone you want to settle down with because uh, our girl Paris Hilton is pregnant, honey. She expected her first child with her fiance, Carter Rio. So, uh, yeah. Time to hang up your hot girls. Honey, you need to hang up your hot girls anyway because we're about to go back on lockdown. There's a Lambda variant out, okay, of this thing. So, uh, find you a friend and cuddle with him. You don't have to necessarily have kids, but now would be a great time to settle down, Um, to chill out. Then when we are able to reopen again, you know, you're just going to be a hot girl with a baby on your arm. (laughs) So, congratulations to Mary Hilton on her uh, pregnancy. That was the last one um, I found. That was the last story I found. So I didn't spend a lot of time today on this. Okay, so we're going to talk about the Turks um, Phantom Killer. Um, and I'm going to be honest with you. There's some similarities between the Turks Phantom Killer and the Zodiac Killer. Okay? Um, because for some reason, I don't know why these messed up people just feel the need to pick on teenagers. Um, When I see teenagers having fun doing what they do, they can do that. It is what it is. They're teenagers. As long as they don't mess with me, I ain't got no problems with them. Uh, But for some reason, people hate teenagers. So, um, like I said, you know, people are saying this could have been the beginning of the Zodiac Killer. And the Zodiac Killer could have been doing this a little bit longer than y'all think um but the Turksicana um phantom killer um is the first case of kind of like the hookman urban legend if you know what i mean um it, he wasn't the hookman but it's the it's kind of you know where the hookman urban legend came from um so yeah the Turksicana murder mystery Okay. Um, this story comes from texasmonthly.com. I'm hoping I'm getting this right because then they do a movie called The Town um, the town that dreaded sundown. I was watching that and then um, I don't know what it was about it. I just I don't know. I can't I couldn't get through it cuz my anxiety was already bad cuz we were on lockdown. For half a month. Hopefully this loads. The sky is very unclear right now. Okay, loaded. Um. So yes. Um. It says. Um. This article was written by Prudence McIntosh on December 2014. So this is kind of like a. Uh. A big article. Um. It says: "Tursicana murder mystery has local Arthur settled once and for all the identity of the infamous phantom killer." Okay. In 1946, four brutal crimes occurred occurred in less than three months in Tersicana. Can I be honest with you? I don't know why I'm saying occurred like that. I don't know what's up with me. It's irritating the hell out of me because that's not how I was taught how to say occur, 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 occur. occur. Okay. Sorry. Three were violent attacks on young people parked on Lovers Lane on the Texas side of town. The fourth was the shooting of a middle aged couple in their rural farmhouse on, on the Arkansas side. At the end of the spree, three people had been seriously wounded and five had been shot to death. The traumatized survivors gave the police little to go on. Fear paralyzed the town. Women women of means packed up their clothes and children and checked into their downtown Hotel grim where their husbands were away on business. Others rigged Rube, Goldberg, Rube Goldberg-esque security systems, attaching pots and pans to wires that were strung around their property. Now, this was 1946, okay? So this was not a time period where they had, like, you know, the uh, alarm system. Because I know some of y'all ain't, you know... People ain't really teaching you where you teach it or you just ain't listening in the classroom. I don't know. But in 1946, they did not have any security systems. So the way you do find out somebody was breaking into your house is sometimes through wind chimes um, or they use like, you know, they will shrink up some pots and pans. And so they move when you mess with the door. That's how they did it back then. So this was 1946. Um, let me continue with this to wire that was strung around their property. People who had never owned guns slept with loaded pistols in both sides of their beds and made pallets on the floor so their children could sleep beside them. Lawmen from Arkansas and Texas and members of the national press overwhelmed the town in pursuit of assailants who was dubbed the Phantom Killer by the Turks of Gazette. Decker's later, the mayhem has barely lost its hold on the popular imagination, though imagination is very much the operative word. A handful of books of widely varying qualities have been written about the case. The Town That Dreaded Sundown, a largely fictional movie, was released in 1976. A remake of the same name came out this past October. The famous Hookman urban legend, the one that began with a young couple park on Lovell's Lane and ends with the discovery of bloody hook on the car door handle, is said to have been inspired by the Turks and Canada murders. I kind of told y'all that briefly. But, um, you know, this further re-, re where it came from. Though there's no evidence that the Trocicata killer had a hook. In a state, Harley celebrated for its peacefulness. The Texas Department of Public Safety once called the serial killer the number one unsolved murder case in Texas history. Yet, for all the attentions given to the cases, no one was ever convicted of the crime. The case cried out for a reliable record to preserve the known fact, dig up new ones, and separate the substantive Evidence from the spurious and imaginary, says James Presley, a Tuxicana native whose authoritative examination, the Phantom Killer Unlocking the Mystery of Turksicana serial murders, a story of a town in terror was published last month, last month of twenty fourteen. Writing this book was like assembling a jigsaw puzzle from scattered small pieces, some of them missing. Speaking of jigsaw, one recent afternoon, I drove around Texarkana with Presley to revisit the four crime scenes. 68 years ago, the site of the attacks were at the very edge of the town. Today, one is in a suburban development, one is in a nondescript lot near a handful of commercial buildings, and another is an unremarkable wind area by a public park. Nothing in any of the texts located evokes the horror of a sudden flash beam on a pitch black night, an armed stranger demanding, "Take off your fucking pants." The instruction given to Jimmy Hollis, the male victim of the first attack. Presley seemed less sure of the precise location of the final murder scene in rural Arkansas, the farmhouse where Virgil Starks was killed and his wife Katie was grievance. Was, was grieving, grievously wounded is long gone, but we bumped over the railroad tracks and followed crunchy pea gravels roads through Arkansas farmland, imagining what it was like for the poor woman to run for help across these dark fields as blood soaked her blood, blood soaked her nightgown. I'm pretty sure that's where Max and Charlie, Arkansas State Troopers Max Tackett and Charlie Boyd spotted the old parked car, Presley said, pointing toward a clump of woods where an automobile later thought to have been the murderers was parked the night of the attack. Had the lawmen not been racing to drop off expense, expense reports at headquarters, they might have checked out the suspicious car. Since this stretch of road was known, moonshine dropped off point. They always regretted not stop, stopping to re- investigate, he said. A year after the shooting, Presley was hired as a 17-year-old cub reporter at the Gazette, working with journalists who had covered the killings. But he had an even closer connection to the case. His uncle, Bill Presley, was the sheriff of Bowie County, where three of the crimes had taken place. I recall my father saying during the summer of 1946, I saw Bill today and he said we could relax now. They caught the man who did it. He's an ex-convict, but don't say anything about it to anyone. The man his uncle was talking about was Yul Swing, a local current criminal who went to prison in 1947 for auto theft, who many believed was a killer. Even at the age of 16, James Presley had pieces of the inside story. He died before I started writing this book, Presley says, of his uncle. But I dare say he and every lawmaker who worked in this case never quit mulling the story over and over in the hopes of turning up the hard evidence that could have convicted Swinney of the murders. In the intervening years, Presley became a freelance writer tackling quieter subjects, but he maintained his fascination with the case. In 1971, he wrote an eight-part story for the Gazette on the 25th anniversary of the events, but for decades he resisted writing the definitive book on the subject publishers just aren't interested in crime stories they have no official solution he says when finally changed his mind was a 2001 visit from a crew filming an episode of learning channel show mostly true stories urban legends revealed standing in the mossy woodland cemetery where one victim Betty Joe Booker is buried presley the episode expert talking head watched as a man who was with Booker the night of her murder was interviewed but as he headed off to said so headed as he headed for his car afterwards, he noticed that the cameras continued to roll as the crew interviewed a tall, haughty bystander who seemed to be cemetery groundskeeper. Curious, Presley returned to hear what the man had to say. Well, in his moment of fame, the man told a prosperous pros- story of how local law enforcement kept the killer identity secret even though he knew for a fact they had fingerprints. Presley approached the crew after the man returned to his rake and spade. Everything he told you is completely false, he said. We know, replied the producer. That's what our show is called, Mostly True Stories. (laughs) I'm sorry, give me a video on this one. He, uh, he went ahead and took the story, even though he knew it was a lie. That's funny. Um, let me continue this article. (laughs) Appalled at the news media liberties with facts, Presley set out to write the authoritative works on the subject. A historian by training, he has a PhD from the University of Texas at Austin. Presley is a indefatigable, factable researcher who was undaunted by the aging microfilm, fragile cassette tapes, and dusty old courtroom records. I was lucky, he says. Serendipity and great research networks paved the way. There were personal interviews with a range of people from neighborhood witnesses to well-known psychiatric experts, official records, others hadn't consulted personal archives and libraries. Thank God for the internet and the telephone. I made hundreds of cold calls. I learned more about the serial killers in general and this one in particular and their psychology than I have ever dreamed of knowing. It's far to say that I and the readers of the book now know more than the phantom murders and the subsequent investigation that any single lawman who worked on the case. In fact, Presley books makes a convincing and argu- convincing an argument as anyone is ever likely to make that Sweeney was the killer. So he believed that Sweeney was a killer. Okay. As it happens, Presley wasn't the only person in the car who had a personal connection to the killings. I was born and raised in Turkicana, and my father, J.Q. Mahaffey, Mahaffey, was the editor of the Gazette when the murders occurred. When the man identified, incidentally, who hired Presley in 1947, I was one year old when the killer struck so I don't have any memories of the terror that engulfed the town. If the crimes were even a topic of discussion around my house, it was only my father expressing his frustration with the national press that seems intent on forever branding his beloved town as the myrtle capital. Still alive, J.Q.? His editor friends in the East would joke when they called him. I've always remembered the Turks to Canada of the 40s and 50s as normal Rockwellian place. This pre-World War II suburbs where we lived was the cliché neighborhood of unlocked doors, homemade Halloween treats, vacant lot, baseball, and China-buried fights. But as I looked through Presley's materials, memories of a very different Tuckedana rose to surface. I was my, I was reminded of how the drinking age enforcement on the Arkansas side of time was notoriously lax. A tired car hop at Lacey a Drive-In who served beer to my teenage brother and his friends brought a beer for me too. I was 11. I remember overhearing talk of drunken brawls at Taylor's starlight club and we all giggled about who would put we live s and h green stamp signs on the three brothels that lined west 4th street some people call turksicana a little chicago because its location as a railroad hood brought great performers and famous po- politicians but the rail also brought drifters and criminally inclined strangers the slate line that famously cut through the center of the massive United States post office and courthouse also provoked fierce high school football robberies and created deep division that made law enforcement complicated and insufficient. Inefficient. I'm sorry, not in insufficient. Perhaps because the strain of the dark has always crisscrossed. Starline F- Avenue. Turks of Canada hasn't tried to hide its most notorious episode the, d- the way you imagine many a chamber of commerce with. Nearly every Halloween, the city shows the, t- shows the town that dreaded sundown at Spring Lake Park, where one of the murders took place. Next month, Northridge County Club will hold the 11th annual Phantom Ball, benefiting a local charity. This counts dark. Uh, you know that's that's creepy to show a movie based on the real deal. It's creepy, okay. During my visit to Turks to see Presley, I decided to stop by Spring Lake Park, which I remember as a place to feed ducks and attended Bible school picnics and play miniature golf. If even, if even It even had a skating rink where I learned to skate backwards with lean, slippery, hip old, men, old guys who sported bra-creamed ducktails and Elvis sneers. On this September afternoon, I sat on a bench watching little boys in a Bible verse t-shirt fishing with their dads whose own t-shirt signaled their affiliation with the Christian Brotherhood of Outdoorsmen. Suddenly, I remember the scariest episode of my own teenage years had happened only a few feet from where I sat in the decades after the Phantom Murders. My older brother, Generation Generally, avoided the secluded lover's lane, opting instead of the security of a drive in movies. But by the time my friends and I were driving, phantom lore had faded a bit and we gravitated back to the park. One day, the very cold December night, at that passionate evening of hand-toning at the movies, my crush of the week and I cruised slowly through the park and then stopped in a car by the lake, though we kept the heater and the radio running. Parking, as it was known then, was an opportunity for taking privately as much desired commodity in a small town where everyone knew your business. One always, I could have just totally skipped that because this has nothing to do with the Turks of Canada. He's talking about Turks of Canada, but has nothing to do with the Phantom Killer. So, I could have totally skipped this, right? All right. That was an article for the day about the Turks of Canada. Um, Because I was hoping that I was getting somewhere with this, where I was getting to the point to where I where there was a correlation between this killing and the Zodiac killer. Because word on the street was that like, this... Basically, the word on the street is that um, this was a Zodiac killer as well. Um, and as we read the article, when I finished the article, it was crazy because it cut off while I was trying to talk and I was busy talking. I didn't even notice I was talking and it was not recording me, reading my mouth. Anyway... Um, where the street is that it was also the, 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 the Turk-Sakana phantom killer was also, um, the, the Zodiac killer. Okay. So I'm going to talk about this for a minute. Because it feels kind of scary movie-ish hearing about things like this happening. Um, And it's creepy. You know, it's scary. All I can think about right now is Fear Street when I think about these things. Um, The fact when they say they they never found a killer and they blame somebody who is already a criminal on what was going on, they were trying to tell you it's a status quo situation. But it does not match the uh the the pattern of Sweeney, you know. He was saying it's Sweeney, but it wasn't matching Sweeney. Sweeney was an auto, he 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 he. Uh, how about say he kidnapped cars? No, he stole cars. He was auto, he was into auto theft. So why would you get into auto theft? And then while all of a sudden you go from that until it escalates and it becomes a murderer. I don't think this man Sweeney is, but there's a huge connection to me between the Turksicana Phantom Killer and the Zodiac killer. Or you could find out that somebody last name Good has sold his soul to the devil and made sure that Turksicana, Texas, and Arkansas was cursed. And um, every year he brought out someone. Who committed crimes against people. And let's be straight up honest. a Mass murder has become a thing now. And it's crazy because all I keep thinking about is all that stuff. It, it, it is about things that happen like that. Like while I was sitting in a small town. A nice small town. Uh, where you could drink underage. You can get a beer at an underage. And you can just chill and relax. And uh, teenagers can go to the drive-in and, and do what they want to do. That's none of my business. That's somebody else is cheering. And all of a sudden, someone decides, hey, let me go around and start killing them and hurting them. Same thing with the Zodiac Killer. Who thought it was okay? And it was crazy to me because it kind of matched the characters in um, Fear Street. Um, I forgot the character's name. What was his name? Thomas Salter. Something like that. When well, he was wearing this potato sack over his head and he was stabbing these teenage kids, it was because he was under some curse. And it has been a thing where uh, serial killers have become a thing. People uh, do serial killing um these days people do things for the gram they do it for the talk they do it for twitter they do it for everybody they they, they do it for people they do things and they end up going to jail and they end up getting caught more but back then they did not have um technology like we do now people can catch people more now because y'all stupid enough to put it on social media but it makes you wonder if turk to sold the souls of the devil Makes you wonder. I probably shouldn't do the Zodiac Killer as well. Because the Zodiac Killer and the Turks of Phantom Killer have very similar um, M.O.s when it comes to the killing style, which is basically teenagers kissing in a car, you know, stuff like that so while we're sitting here and while i'm talking about this let's talk about that the zodiac killer let's look into a story revolving around the zodiac killer okay this one i got from the biography.com it was written december 14th 2020 but it was really written october fourteenth, 2017 It says the Zodiac Killer. Um, It says the Zodiac Killer took credit for several murders in the San Francisco Bay Area in the late 1960s. He was never caught. Now, this happened. Let me get it right. Uh, This, okay, the Tursicana killings happened in 1946. This happened in 1960. So, this was a good. Don't get it calculated out. I'm going to figure it out. This was a good 14 years later. Yes, I got it. This was a good 14 years later with the Zodiac Killer. It says the Zodiac Killer took credit for several murders in the San Francisco Bay Area in the late 1960s. He was never caught. The self-proclaimed Zodiac killer was directly at least five murders in Northern California in 1968 and 1969, and may have been responsible for more. So technically, it was technically 20 years later. So it was 20 some years later. Um, he taunted police and made threats through letters and sent to the Bay Area newspapers from 1969 to 1974 before abruptly seizing communication. Despite intensive investigation, no one was ever arrested for the crimes and the case remained open. The mysteries surrounding the murders have been subject of numerous books and movies, including director's David Fincher's acclaimed 2007 featured Zodiac. Now, I watched that movie and I'm confused because I did not know that uh, Iron Man was in it. Um, But I've been trying to get to the point to where I watched the movie and then I haven't gotten to that point to where I started watching the movie. So, yeah. Zodiac Killer's letters, symbols, and ciphers. On August 1st, 1969, the San Francisco Examiner, San Francisco Chronicles, and Vallejo Times Herald each received an identical handwritten letter in the envelope without return address. Now, the phantom, the Turksacana phantom killer, he didn't give out letters. He just started killing. He just started, one day, saw a teenage couple in the car kissing and was like, hey, I'm miserable. As hell. I'm gonna ruin their little lives. Uh, so, this guy, he bought some styles. He was like, hey, I'm going to taunt the police, you know. Let me continue. Let, okay, where well it says, letters and envelopes without a return address. Beginning, dear editor, I am the killer of the two teenagers last Christmas at Lake Herman. The letter contained details from the Zodiac killer's murders the only, the, only the killer could have known. The killer wanted to threaten further attacks if the letters were printed on the front page of the papers. Each letter closed with symbols consisting of a circle with a cross through it and what would come to be known as the Zodiac Killer Symbol. The letter was also each accompanied by one part of the three-part cipher that he claimed to contain his identity. While Bay Area Police Department, with the support of the FBI, worked feverishly to track down the killer, another letter soon arrived at the San Francisco Examiner. Beginning, dear editors, this is the Zodiac speaking. It also describes the murders and details and taunt police for not having been able to crack his coat or catch him. Several days later, high school teacher Donald Harden and his wife Betty were able to solve the cipher. I like killing people because it's so much fun And red. It's more fun than killing wild game in the forest because man is the most dangerous animal of all. Three days after the four. Known Zodiac killing. The 1969 murder of taxi driver Paul Stein, the San Francisco Chronicles received a letter claiming the crime. Written in the same erratic print as the Zodiac previous letter, it gave the detail of Stein's murder and was accompanied by a bloody scrap of Stein's shirt. At the end of the letter, the killer mused that he would next shoot out the tire of a school bus and pick off the kitties as they come bouncing out. <sighs> you messed up in the head, friend. The Zodiac Killer continued his taunting correspondence with the Bay Area paper in which he continued more ciphers, claimed to have committed several more murders and mocked the police for their inability to catch him. In 1974, the letters stopped, although the investigations has not Zodiac Killer movies. Well, we already told you about the movies, but we told you about one. Um, the Zodiac Killer was an inspiration for a psychopath in a 1971 Clint Eastwood classic Dirty Harry, which includes a scene involving a school bus full of children being hijacked. Which I have a story about that too. Another story about a bus being hijacked that has something to do with children. Did I do that story? I don't think I've done that story yet, but I have to look through my archive of podcasts. Um, let me continue. It says, your letters, Robert Gray Smith writing fuels the creation of David Fincher's critically acclaimed Zodiac, which hits the big screen in 2007 with Jake Gyllenhaal, Mark Ruffalo, and Robert Downey Jr. in starring roles. i say, okay, so it was, uh, the Hulk, Mysterio, and Iron Man in this movie. Subsequent dramatized task- takes on the subject including the night, in the- including the 2017 feature Awakening the Zodiac about a couple that investigate the murders before falling into his crosshairs. The History Channel also featured a 2017 nonfiction TV series, The Hunt for the Zodiac Killer, about the investigators' hunt to decipher the Zodiac Killer's codes. Victims and Attack At present, four separate attacks have been definitely attributed to the Zodiac Killer. The first concerning incident took place on the night of December 20, 1968, when 17-year-old David Forday, and his 16-year-old girlfriend, Betty Lou Jensen, were shot to death near their car at a remote spot on Lake Hernan Road on the outskirt of Vallejo, California. Police were babbled, unable to determine the motives for the crime or suspect. Early in the morning of July 5, 1969, Darlene Farron, age 22, and her boyfriend, Mike Murjo, age 19, were sitting in a parked car in a similarly remote Vallejo location where they were approached by a man with a flashlight. The figure fired multiple times shots at them, but killing Faraday and seriously wounded Marjo. Within an hour of the incident, a man called the Vallejo Police Department, giving them the location of the crime scene and claiming responsibility for both the attacks and the 1968 murders of Faraday and Jensen. Despite evidence that, in conclu- in, that included in fingerprints, Marjo's description, the, dec- the code of cipher and wave of tips and leads Police who were unable to track down the Zodiac killer. On the evening of September 27, 1969, he struck again, approaching young couple Cecilia Shepard and Brian Har- Harnell as they relaxed on an isolated part of the shore of Lake Berry- Berryessa in Napa County. Wearing a hood and a shirt bearing a circle cross symbol, he tied them up before brutally stabbing them, squalling a message for the police on the car door, leaving the scene. He then called the Napa Police Department to claim responsibility. Shepard and Cardinal were both in critical condition but alive when the emergency service arrived. But Shepard died of her wounds shortly thereafter. Two weeks later, on October 11, 1969, the Zodiac claimed another life shooting 29-year-old taxi driver Paul Stein in San Francisco Presidio Heights neighborhood. As the neighbor did not seem to fit the Zodiac pattern, it was initially deemed a robbery until the, Z- uh, the San Francisco Chronicle received a letter claiming the crimes. At least five other murders have intensively linked to the Zodiac killer, including the 1963 shooting of Robert Domingos and Linda Edwards near Santa Barbara, California, and the 1966 stabbing death of college student Cherry Bates in Riverside, California. I want to end right there because like I said, you know, there are similarities, but it seemed like he created this character this time around. You know, so screwed up friend over there. But the MO is very similar, which is attacking teenagers in lovers' lanes of the town. I And I really just believe, like, they were the same person. Don't be mad at me for saying that. I believe those two people are the same person. I believe the theory that people are saying that the Tercekin, Phantom Killer and the Zodiac Killer are the same person. I don't know if they, they ever found out who he was, um, but they obviously didn't find out who he was and apparently he's a screwed up man and he should have been in jail for what he was doing. Um, But my thing is, why start 20 years later, back up again, killing lovers in Lovers Lane? We will never know. With that being said, thank you guys for listening to my podcast. Um it's weird how like as I do this podcast, I am in a better mood as a person. Um because I was really mad. I was mad because all all of a sudden everybody want to go back to these uh uh, Steven protocols and I'm like girl like bye I, I can't with you okay they should have never stopped doing the protocols they should have never opened up so yeah um tomorrow is going to be a little light because I want to talk about little Boosie and his problem with Mark Zuckerberger and Instagram y'all know Boosie you know during the lockdown he had twerking contests on his timeline so you know we want to talk about that on Wednesday with Lil Boosie. I've got to light up the mood. You know, I do light subjects and then dark subjects and then light subjects and then dark subjects. Because after Lil' Boosie on Thursday, I'm going to talk about the conspiracy theory that people believe that instead of Harper Lee writing to kill the Marking Bird, that Truman Capote actually was the author of To Kill the Marking Bird. So yeah, um you know, Of course, they have a dark one in there, but tomorrow will be a lighter one. We'll be talking about Little Bootsy and Instagram, and we'll be we talking about censorship. I want to talk about censorship because I feel like all of a sudden, all these platforms want to start censoring people when they weren't too keen on that or too big on that. So we're going to talk about that. Um, how far is too far? Um, and... So be it. So thank you guys for listening to my podcast. This is my mind's emporium. I'm like, so outing. Y'all have a blessed day.